Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. The scripture reading for today comes from Isaiah. I was ready to be sought out by those who did not ask, to be found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am, to a nation that did not call on my name. I held out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and offering incense on bricks, who sit inside tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat swine's flesh with broth of abominable things in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day long, See, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their laps their iniquities and their ancestors' iniquities together, says the Lord, because they offered incense on the mountains and reviled me on the hills. I will measure into their laps full payment for their actions. Thus says the Lord, as the wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it, so I will do for my servants' sake, and not destroy them all. I will bring forth descendants from Jacob and from Judah, inheritors of my mountains. My chosen shall inherit it, and my servants shall settle there. The word of the Lord. Please stand as you are. A gospel reading from the eighth chapter of Luke. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived in the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. 
And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, there is much to celebrate and there is much that runs amok in your world. And so as we gather this morning, as we ponder the gift of your word, as we are the people who are privileged to know that you are the God of the Most High, we thank you and we ask that you will fill us with your spirit and that you will bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts so that we may be drawn ever closer to you and to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First, thank you for letting me come back and share. As I woke up this morning, I realized that today is actually the 28th anniversary of my ordination here at Faith Lutheran. Yeah. And when Pastor John invited me to preach, to, to share while he was on vacation, I was so excited. And then I took a look at the scriptures. Really? Pigs? Demons? But then again, remembering my anniversary, I don't know, I, some of you came for that celebration on a hot Sunday afternoon, the hottest day in the summer, I think of 1994, when there was no air conditioning in the sanctuary at Faith. Oh, demons. <laughs> and one of those uh, good spirits touched, how did that happen? Touched somebody's heart, and after that, there was that big push for air conditioning, and here we are on another hot Sunday, right? But again, pigs and demons. This is a difficult text to talk about, to preach about, because it touches people in various and many ways. Now the pig, how do I keep doing that? Are there demons in this? I once, very much inspired by the Holy Spirit, challenged our Sunday school to raise an... I am not touching this. I think there's time, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll help you do it. <laughs> I challenged our Sunday school to raise enough money uh, to buy a heifer. Remember when the heifer project was the big thing? And, and it took a considerable amount of money. Well, what happened was the children went home and they told their parents that um, 
Pastor Marlene said that if we could raise enough money to buy a heifer that she would kiss a pig on the last day of Sunday school. And of course, with the parents' help and some other help, there was more than enough money to buy a heifer. On the Sunday, the last Sunday of Sunday school, when I was supposed to kiss that pig, you can put those away. They couldn't catch the pig. Now, I don't know if the pig knew that he had to kiss me or what the deal was. So I have this thing about pigs. And then a more sobering thing. The first time I ever preached on this text, the next day I went to a piano lesson with a friend and member of the congregation. We uh, ride-shared because we had to drive a distance to do it. And she said to me, I want you to know that I just hate that text. It hurts my heart because my husband, my ex-husband, accuses me of being possessed because I have, I suffer from mental illness. You see, this is a hard text. And the way you, we speak about it can either do good or it can hurt hearts. But isn't it also interesting that this text falls on Juneteenth. We know what Juneteenth is, I hope. Juneteenth, the Freedom Day for our black brothers and sisters, the day when finally, two years after the proclamation of the end of slavery, the states of Texas and Louisiana finally heard the good news. But then, how many years has it taken? How many years more will it continue to take before true freedom is recognized, celebrated, when people truly will be set free for life? Linda, this is hopeless. Just, <laughs> can you shut that thing off? <laughs> set free for life? How can I do that? So let's talk about the story. I know you heard the text, but let's talk about the story. And to talk about this story, we also have to step back in the chapter and talk about the fact that, the reason, that what happened on the way to the land of the Gerasenes is that Jesus and his disciples were in the boat, and the storm came up, and the disciples were terrified. And what does Jesus do? He calms the storm. Now, things should have been okay, but what happened for the disciples? They were really terrified now. He can calm even the wind and the waves. And then they arrive at the land of the Gerasenes. Now, we are supposed to know from the background of this story that the, when not only the, the man who is suffering because he is filled with the, this, this demonic possession, and then he is surrounded by people who care for pigs. We are to understand that this is not the land that Jesus is used to venturing into. This is the land of the Gentiles where they don't know about the one, one true God. They might have heard about Jesus and what was going on over there on the other side of the lake, but they are not as privy to the Jewish understandings, okay? And so this, Jesus gets out of the boat. It doesn't say his disciples are there in this text in Luke. And he comes upon this man 
And what happens to the man when he sees Jesus? He is terrified. What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Now, the man may not recognize Jesus, but the demons do. Isn't it interesting? The disciples don't know who Jesus is yet, for sure, but the demons do. So Jesus calmed the wind, and now in this story, Jesus is going to demonstrate the power of God over all the powers of evil. Just like in the wilderness when Jesus refused to be tempted by Satan, when he showed his power over the power of evil, Jesus shows his power and he casts the demons out of the man. Now they, they think they're going to have this under control. Please, Jesus, just let us, let us go into the pigs. Oh, all right, you want to go into the pigs? Have at it. And the crazed animals rush to the edge of the cliff and fall into the lake. The lake. The abyss. The place where you cannot come back from. And suddenly the man is healed. In his right mind. Clothed. And I think there's more implication in that word clothed than we want to think about. Because now he's clothed with the love of Christ, the power of God. Now his neighbors come along and they see this. Now they've been used to this man being kind of a, a raving, unsettled, scary person. There are people that, have, that are struck in that way. One came into my congregation one Sunday morning, was at the back, and this doesn't happen very often in a Lutheran congregation. And while I was preaching, he stood up and said, You preach it, sister! Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. And I just kept right on preaching. And a few minutes later, as I was, You tell it, sister! Now the ushers are moving to the back. And they gently surrounded this man and asked him to sit down. Well, he was quiet for most of the sermon, but then he became very enthusiastic again during other parts of the service. And, and, and the story I heard was that they told him that he could stay if he was quiet. Now, that should, should leave you wondering why we wouldn't welcome everyone with open arms and, you know, all of that. He came to visit me quite often after that to tell me that he had just been released from prison, to tell me that the reason he was in prison was because he had murdered his wife, to tell me that he really struggles with a lot of things. We still want to welcome and love, but you know, it's kind of scary to have somebody around that you, you just don't, you don't know if you can trust that now that they're, they look like they're healed, that maybe they are? You think that could have been the problem for the people in the community of the Gerasenes? 
they come across this man and he's not doing what they're used to him doing. He seems to be doing things and saying things that are right and good and appropriate, but whoa, that's kind of scary. Kind of scary? They're so terrified, what do they do? They tell Jesus, please leave. And he does. Now that's the last time in Luke's gospel that Jesus will step out into Gentile country. And when the man who has now been brought back to life, given the opportunity for new life, when he sees that Jesus is leaving, he wants to go with him. He begs to go with him. He recognizes that finally he has a place of peace. He wants to follow. And what does Jesus do? He says something pretty surprising, I think. He says to the man, no, no, no. Go home. Go home and tell everyone what God has done for you. Now that may seem like a simple exhortation, but for a man who's had to live in the tombs, who hasn't had a home, go home? Stay among these people that, you know, have tried to, to do the best they could maybe, but they shackled me, they pushed me out? Go home and proclaim what God has done for you. Now, as I said, this is the last time Jesus will go into Gentile territory because in the next chapter of Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, he sets his face toward Jerusalem to go to the cross to demonstrate God's power, not only over the forces of nature, not only over the powers of evil that are in the world, but God in Christ will go to the cross to demonstrate God's power over the power of sin and death. And he'll do it in a way that is so incomprehensible that people in the world still have trouble believing it. So what does this story say for to and for us? Why did the people of, of Gerasene, why were they so afraid of Jesus? Well, number one, because his healing of this man changed the status quo. Change is always frightening. When I went to on, um, an interview for an interim call, one of the first questions that someone asked me is, if you come here, will you change anything? <laughs> well, given that I'm me and they were them, you know, I think, we're so afraid of change. And as I said, the people were afraid. Can we trust that this man is really now healed, whole, that he can live among us and it'd be safe? And of course, the other reason that they're, safe, that they're afraid is because Jesus' healing and the casting out of those demons into the pigs that went over the cliff has significantly impacted their economic situation or the potential for their financial and economic situation. And is there anything that makes us 
fight and fear and that causes controversy more than something that's going to financially impact us, even when we know that to change is the best thing. Isn't that why we have so much trouble with thinking about climate change? How much will it cost? What will I have to do? Isn't that why it's so hard for us to have good and faithful and committed conversation to think about eliminating systemic injustice? There's going to be a financial cost. Isn't that why people are so afraid, especially, and I'm going to name it because I'm white, especially white people, when we're so afraid that if, oh, if they get a more opportunity, if they're giving, given a better, say, more points toward that promotion than I would get just because, we're afraid. And we forget that God sent Jesus not for a select group, even though the Jewish people were the called people. They were called to proclaim the goodness of the one true God. God sent Jesus to save the whole world, regardless of our, of our race, our gender identity, whatever. God came. God sent Jesus in human form to cast out these powers that bind and hold us and keep us from being the people that God needs us to be. So what are we to do with fear? What are we to do with this reluctance to change? We remember that God sent Jesus, and Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. And we open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can transform fear into action. And to transform fear into action is love. Loving the neighbor. Loving all of the neighbors. And being willing to step back and let go of what binds us. You know, the whole business of I'm right, my party is right, my way of corporate working is right, my way of... We let go of that and we love. And we take the chance that the one that kind of frightens us might have something to offer and teach us as well. We transform love into action. And one of the base, biggest things that has drawn us, Bill and I, back to faith is the way this congregation continues to do that. Pastor John mentioned so many ways last week, but all of them are so, so beautiful. 
And yet I, you hear as people talk about different things, oh, but wait, maybe, oh, you know, it's this fear of that it won't work. I've been just this much involved with the circle of welcome, watching all that's being done. And in a, it sounds to me, and somebody can correct me, and I'm sure you will if I'm speaking this in, incorrectly, that things are not going exactly as we envisioned it would go. It certainly isn't going like the last time Faith welcomed a family. And so we think, oh, we failed. Oh, we maybe shouldn't do that anymore. But Jesus went to the other side of the lake and touched one. And it made all the difference. And we can trust that whatever we're doing when we do it for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of being people who have been baptized into the life and death of Jesus, we can trust that even when we mess up, even when things don't go as we think they should, God can and does use all of it in love. Pigs, demons, no, it's the power of God to come and seek us out even in those faraway places. To come and seek us out and continue to draw us back in love so that we can love, we can give, we can delight in the young people that show us the spontaneous and beautiful way of declaring the good news of Jesus. So thank you. Thank you for this privilege of celebrating this anniversary. Thank you for all the ways you're going to go out today and in the days to come and proclaim the power of God. Amen.